I want to know about your journey kind of into fitness because I know you have your own personal training company and then you also work for, what is it, BioLane? Yeah. I think. Yep. Okay. Can you explain to me what, what is BioLane? Because I know I looked up your your stuff. I just didn't know what, what they did. Well, so BioLane was started by Dr. Lane Norton okay. um, years ago. It's mm-hmm. it's his brand. It's his company. Yeah. Um, I, I think he started it back somewhere around 2005 or so when he was in uh, his PhD program at mm. University of Illinois. And BioLane, I guess in a nutshell, what we try to provide people is evidence-based, real information, no bullshit. Yeah. Um, things that are actually going to help enhance someone's not only fitness journey, but their life in general. Sure. Um, we're all about, <laughs> if, if anybody's followed Lane and, and the rest of us, you know, we're all about debunking bullshit out there. It's because it's, just, it's huge, you know, it's like, it's like we need yeah. that. Yeah. There's a lot out there and, you know, we just want to be that credible, um, reliable source of nutrition and training information for people out there in a world full of a lot of confusion. Yeah. And especially on Instagram, you know, with celebrities and everything. Yes, and, you yes know, absolutely. Being, I mean, the yeah. majority, the majority of the people, um, on our team and our team has grown from, um, just Lane, uh, Holly Baxter and myself mm-hmm. to now we have a team of, uh, six other coaches and we've been expanding the last few years. And, you know, I started with Lane as a, just an unpaid intern, Mm -hmm. um, before I even started my grad program and, um, you know, just learn the ropes through him, not only coaching, but the business side and the content creation side Mm -hmm. of what we do. And over the last few years, we've been able to grow as a company and grow as a team and, I mean, last year alone, we ran the numbers. We, as a team, we worked with over 500 different clients and Holy helped them shit, last man. year. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, Jeez, so we definitely have a really good thing going and we have a great, um, I, I think we have a, a really good reputation that people can come to us for Latch on to. information and yeah. not feel confused anymore, I guess. Yeah, and and you presented in a very real way too. So I kind of like, and I, I wanted to ask you too. I I had a very specific question for you, and it was because of one of the memes I saw. So, but um, no, I wanted to know you uh, as far as when you cease training, when you stop training, what's your opinion on losing gains? Because I saw something. I think I think that needs to be clarified for people because I just it just popped into my head. You know, whenever. You stop weightlifting. I think the the mental side tells you that you need to get back in the gym as quick as possible, or else you'll lose your progress. So, um, yeah, and I'm gonna uh, you cut in and out a little bit. So can you just refer? Yeah, no problem. Re- re-ask that question. Can you can you hear me right now? Yeah, there's okay. a little bit of a little bit of cutting in and out, but okay. for the most part. All just right, it's like every be. now and then yeah so. no problem i'll move I'll, i'm moving my phone around i'm like I'm, I'm oh that's in, much better yeah it, oh that's right there yep okay cool all right i'll keep my phone there um no i was asking based on one of your memes i saw on your instagram a big thing especially with me and some of the people i talk to what's your thought on when you cease training because i know i don't you don't lose gains you know and people think with that mental side you got to get back into the gym as quick as possible to keep making progress. What, what do you tell people about that? Um, that's a really good question. And yeah. 
It's, you know, honestly, I mean, right now I'm dealing with a couple pretty big injuries and I haven't been able to train consistently. Yeah, you had for... foot surgery, huh? You... Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm actually sitting here with it propped up right now. Oh, and there you go. I've got I also you. You have... can't leave. Yep, there you go. Yeah. I'm trapped. <laughs> I, I also have an issue um, that's dated back about over about a year and a half now, but um, I finally decided to stop lifting upper body because I have a very compressed um, C5, C6, and mm. C7 vertebrae that are it's like pinching on my nerves. So my whole right side of my body is just messed up. Okay. And so for the last few months, I've just decided no lifting whatsoever from doctors, you know, doctor's orders. We're actually probably going to start doing like epidural shots to try to loosen some of that up. Okay. Um, but between that and my foot, um, I really like to use myself as an, as an example when I talk to people because it's been months since I've been able to train regularly and it's okay. going to be months until I can train regularly again. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just honest with people. I'm like, listen, you're, you're going to lose some gains. Sure. Okay. There, it's inevitable. The studies show that after about six weeks um, is when you start to notice some so, muscle fiber, you know, degradation. Sure. Uh, and that's, that's with, you know, it'll come on faster if you're under eating, mm -hmm. obviously. Um, that's on a normal maintenance calorie diet, enough protein, enough overall calories. So realistically, though, we have to look at some things. You know, if uh, I have clients a lot that I talk to mm -hmm. that they have an injury or they're sick or they're going all the way on vacation for a week and they're like terrified that they're going to lose everything. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And I'm like, I'm like, listen, guys, <laughs> let me use myself as an example. <laughs> Here's here. the deal. Yeah. Here's the deal. That's right. Yeah. It's going to take a lot longer than a week. It's going to take a lot longer than two or three weeks. Sure. Um, like I said, about that six week mark is where um, the most recent study I've seen, and I apologize, I can't think of the name off the top no, of my it's head. It's all good. That's, that's shown about where that marker lies, where most people start noticing some um de decrease in muscle size now sure. what people feel when they're away from the gym for a week or two is a decrease in size due to loss of glycogen and loss of water yes because our muscles are about 70 percent water okay so when they feel flat mm -hmm. <laughs> um they take that as they're losing muscle mm. and it's like um what's the best analogy I can't think of a good analogy, but basically when you've worked hard to build that muscle, sure. it, it takes a lot to have it start Coming going off away. You. Yeah. Coming off. Yeah. It's like, it, it's very taxing on your body to start shedding muscle. <laughs> yeah. And, um, it, you know, you've worked hard for it. It's going to stick around for a little bit. That loss of size you feel for a few weeks is not muscle fiber, your cross-sectional fiber mm -hmm. uh, loss. It's just water. It's glycogen. You're going to be okay. Now, people also talk about they feel weaker. Sure. Well, that's also because you don't have as much glycogen. You don't have as much water. Uh, people, I think, tend to underestimate how important being hydrated is. Yeah. And, I mean, it, even just 2%. Uh, dehydration can have significant effects on your performance, your mental clarity, your energy, all of that. So if someone is afraid of being out of the gym for a week or two due to an injury or illness, I would just say, 
um, you know, listen to this, <laughs> Shut be realistic. Shut up and deal with it. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I guess in a way, but, um, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that being out of the gym for as long as I have been and for as long as I will be, isn't going to mess with me. Sure. It is. Yeah. Um, I hate it. Mm-hmm. I'm frustrated. Yeah. Um, but I'm also realistic. I, I'm realistic and realize that, you know, I am 36 years old. Okay. I, if this would have happened to me 10 years ago, I would have probably been in a different mental state mm-hmm. <laughs> than I am right now, but I'm realistic. I'm more educated. I understand how to train and I understand that the muscle will come back. It will. Um, yeah. And quick you know, for you mu- too. So yeah. Yeah. Muscle memory, you know, people want to talk about muscle memory and it, it is a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you, the, the cells that develop in your muscle, it, it, they don't go away overnight. Yeah. And it's, it has as much to do with like essential nervous system coordination and everything as well. Like you are, you will get it back. So just, be kind to yourself if you have an illness or injury. Do what you need to do to rehab it or to feel better and make sure that you are doing what you can. You know, if for me right now, it's hard because I can't work upper body. If, if this was just my foot, I would be working upper body. But sure. because of my other injury, I can't. But for many people, they just have one injury that they're dealing with. So let's not focus on the negative. Let's focus on the positive because we all have absolutely different things areas that we can improve on yeah we're not perfect um you know if you're foot if you have foot surgery work your upper body if you have a broken arm you know work lower body as much as you can whatever it is and just don't halt progress and and start feeling sorry for yourself yeah and it's and to your point yeah it it really is you kind of have to rehab yourself just a little you know if you have one injury you still have an opportunity to go into the gym and keep your body maintained, at least with, you know, the side of yourself that's, that's still working, whether it be upper body or lower body, you know? Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Which sucks for you. I would hate to, I would hate to skip upper body, man. I mean, I, it's you know, tough. as, as a, as a gym bro, we can only skip leg day. So yeah, it's, it's, we can't, we can't work out legs. The uh, bro police will come after us. So just, just saying, you know, they'll, if we don't wear our, uh, or cutouts and, you know, the short shorts and everything. So yeah, but, the world will come to an end. Yeah, right? exactly. It would, you know, I have to, <laughs> I need to maintain my curls and my consistent over, over the top, you know, 10 sets of uh, chest every day. So absolutely. <laughs> no. Absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, and I'll ask you this too. I'll, I'll just say thank you for your service as well. Cause I know. Oh, that means a lot. Thank you so medic. much. Yeah, no, no problem. Do you take some of the, what you learned in the military with you into your training programs? Cause I know, a lot of times people kind of bridge that gap with what they learn. Yeah. Um, I think I, I take a lot of what mm-hmm. I learned in the military into all aspects of my training, my nutrition, my life in general. Sure. As far as tr- the training goes for me, um, I think what I mostly take from the army is just the discipline, mm-hmm. the consistency, and the ability to know that I can push past perceived limits that I have. Somebody um, was telling me that. Yeah, just the the push past the pain mentality yep. really kind of bridges bridges over. You know, to, it's, it really does, and it's yeah. hard to explain unless you've been through, you know, military boot camp yep. um, and deployment, and just understanding what you know what real struggles are and what what you learn during the army and basic training and just your, your overall training in general is that 
Um, yeah. We are our own limit. Our mind is our own limit. And of course, we're going to get to a point where we have limitations. We're human. But True. I would say that the overwhelming majority of people out there don't know how to push themselves because they've never really had to. And that's not a that's not a, a slight on anybody that might be listening to this. No, it's just no. the honest to God truth. Because yeah. I was the same way. You, you know, you always think you train hard until you train with somebody. It's true. And you always think you train hard until you have someone, whether it be the military or someone stronger than you, mm -hmm. pushing you. And then you learn. But that's what's that's what's part of being human. You know, going through those struggles, going through those obstacles, and learning how to overcome them is what has allowed us to get to this point in our life True. and it's no no different in your training um you know i i think one of the biggest hassles i have with clients sometimes is that you know because i do um online coaching is that i can't be there with them in person oh, and so it is i i don't know how hard they're truly pushing themselves and when someone's not making progress like i think they should um you know i always have to come back and talk to them about the the intensity and just review with them what I want them to feel as far as an intensity goes. But huh. only you can know if you're actually doing that or not. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's kind of a, a trouble, but, um, you know, something that I've, I've been able to work through with a lot of clients and, you know, I've shown them videos of myself training sure, and kind of like, this is what I want you to look like <laughs> at the end of your set. I like um, I like that though because I know that that's a struggle for a lot of trainers is trying to communicate the sense of intensity that you try to get from your clients. So I like absolutely. that you show them videos and give them like a visual reference. Like, no, you need to you need to have a, like right. a pain face or whatever. You know, I whatever you want to show them. But but yeah, just the the psychological aspect. How do you approach when you train clients? This is always kind of what I struggle with when I was doing it. H how do you? kind of convey to them that what you're telling them is the direction they need to go in. Because a lot of times people will insist on, no, I, I need a very strict plan. You know, they'll tell you, it's like, hey, no, I need you to lay out exactly what kind of foods I need to eat. How do you, how do you, how do you make them understand that you know the process? Um, well, I think that my consistency with my content and my results is first and foremost um, why people come to me. Yeah. And so I use that. And also, um, you know, I'm, I'm very straightforward and honest with my clients from the get-go. And I, I tell them, listen, if, if someone's like that, like what you just described, sure. I say, listen, you're coming to me because none of that stuff worked for you before. Oh, so yeah. why do you want to continue doing that? I'm, you know what I'm about. Most people that contact me, they, they kind of know what I'm about. Sure. They know my philosophy on flexible dieting. They know, you know, how I like to train and how I like to program. So that shouldn't necessarily be much of a shock. Mm -hmm. And I'm just honest with them. Like, you know, you have this history of either yo-yo dieting or just not accomplishing your goals. Why do you want to continue on the same pattern? Yeah. Yeah. Why did they, why don't we, why, why, why don't we you? learn something new? Yeah. Why don't we try this? Um, maybe it works for you. Maybe it doesn't. But if you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to keep getting what you've always gotten. Yeah. And that's just honesty. You know, that's, 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 yeah, that's exactly what it is. Because I feel like in the back of their minds, they still have that, that nagging sensation where it's like, oh no, I need, 
I need to not be flexible with my dieting or I need to be more strict or something, you know, because right. I guess they assume you know, it's an overhaul. So people, people that are very strict like that, that have a hard time switching over to flexible dieting. I have a couple different approaches that I do with that. I don't like to do anything super drastic. Yeah. Um, I, I think that that's setting people up for failure. So I agree. if someone comes to me like that and I say, okay, let's do this. You have five meals a day that you're going to eat. Mm-hmm. Let's, why don't you go ahead and pre-plan three of them and start working on two of them being flexible. Wow. That's, that's and awesome. then we work down to two of them being planned, three being flexible and just take it in stages. I do the same thing with people when they're afraid of lowering their cardio, right? Yeah. Or doing or increasing calories. We don't do it drastically. We do it in stages because you have to meet the client where they're at. Wow. And Although they, although they probably shouldn't stay where they're at, mm-hmm. you have to meet them there at first and you have to take things little by little or else people are going to get overwhelmed and they're going to quit. Man, I love that. And, and to, you know, the, um, I, I like the idea of the, when you talk about flexible dieting and the prepping certain amount of meals and then making, you know, a couple flexible, I think that's, that's a perfect way to get, to get people to slowly de-stress their life into fitness, you know, as opposed to approaching it from the perspective of introducing something that might ultimately lead to failure. So it's, so I like that you're kind of, you're kind of backtracking a little bit. You're meeting them where they're at, but you're still implementing a more stress-free dieting routine. So 100%. And I, I don't ever, even with those pre pre-planned meals, I don't tell them what they, what they have to eat, Mm -hmm. you know, I, but here's what I do is with every client that signs up with me on this, on the shared Google spreadsheet that we have together, um, I have a tab that I have a list of probably 30 different protein sources, 30 different carb sources, 30 different fat sources that I think are very beneficial from a, a, not only a macro, but a micronutrient standpoint. I love that. So, they, if they're having a hard time coming up with meal plan, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, meal plans, I guess, <laughs> they can look at this, they can look at this chart and mix and match, you know, like, oh, you know, this protein source looks good, this carb source, this fat source. So I give them a guide of good, I hate to use the word good and bad when referring to food, but some helpful food options. Yeah. And then you know, they can mix and match how they want. But I also teach them like, listen, if you want a chocolate chip cookie, don't, don't deny yourself yeah, it. Just make it, fit, chip cookie. Yeah. make it fit into your macros. And yeah. that way you don't, you don't end up craving it and going on a binge later on because it's going to happen. I don't care who thinks they have the most, the yeah, strongest the, the willpower. willpower. Yeah, it will happen. You know, it will happen. I guarantee it. And there, I don't guarantee much when it comes to nutrition and training, mm-hmm. but I guarantee that you will have a binge episode if you yeah. do not allow yourself some flexibility. And it, think about it. You know, everybody, we have lives. Sure. We have, you know, in, in uh, anniversaries, we have holidays, we have parties, birthdays, all this stuff. You, you don't want to miss out on that. I mm-hmm. did that. I missed out on it for the better part of a decade. I was a hermit. Yeah. I had a severe eating disorder. I could not go out and eat anywhere. And it ruined my life. 
it nearly took my life. Mm -hmm. I mean, I talk about it in my book that I wrote, how I literally, they flew my parents up to base because I was not supposed to make it through the night. You, I was um, in the ICU. It was an eating disorder, correct? Yeah, and okay. an exercise compulsion. Um, really? Okay. Yeah, and I talk about it in my book, A Shell of Myself, and um, I just explain to people, listen, you don't want that sort of life. Believe yeah. me. Yeah. And um, I, I you know enough people know about me and my story. I mean, obviously, every day I'm getting new people that have never heard of me, so I, I constantly talk about it you know, sure. every now and then and everything. But I think it's really important to be open and explain my struggles so that people don't keep doing that in their own life because yeah. it will, I guarantee you, it will ruin your life if you cannot practice mm -hmm. some flexibility um, in your eating, in your training, things like that. Now, does that mean there's not times where being strict is necessary? No, I mean, I think being on prep I think you can flexible diet, but I still think that you need to be pretty consistent with the things that you're eating. I agree. Um, but, you know, everything in life is about phases and everything in your physical and mental transformation is all about phases. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you had to crawl before you walked. You had to walk before you ran. You had to go through high school before college, so on and so forth. And in every phase of anything we do, there's challenges and there's difficulties and they're tests. They are built-in tests to see if we have what it takes to step up to the plate. Exactly. And I just try to explain that to my clients. Like, listen, you are struggling right now with flexibility. Mm -hmm. This is a challenge for you, okay? Let's take this one step at a time. And that's why I talked about doing the, you know, couple meals that are are planned and some that are flexible. Mm -hmm. And let's let's meet each obstacle head on, conquer it, and then we'll be that much stronger to meet the next obstacle. And, and, you know, when you exactly, you know, you're, you're saying all the, all the stuff people need to hear, but when you came out of your, your exercise compulsion, what, what, what did you do? What were the steps you took to kind of work your way out of that? Um, yeah, that's, that's an interesting story. Um, <laughs> it did not, come easy and it okay. did not come overnight by any stretch of the imagination yeah it takes work, um, i'm sure i was in like i was in a couple different eating disorder mm. facilities inpatient and i just was not accepting help sure. um you know it took a long time for me to really decide that i wanted help and and that's the first and foremost thing you, nobody's going to be able to do it for you nobody can decide it for you you have to get to a point, and that's something different for everybody, to where you want the help. And sure. until you want the help truly, you're not going to recover. And it took me many years mm -hmm. of sabotaging myself yeah. and not wanting help. Because I also deal with, um, dealt with OCD and anxiety and depression. So it was a, a lot of things going on with me. Yeah. And until I made that decision that I wanted help, I just kept sabotaging myself. And then from that point, you know, it, it's not that it was roses after that. Sure. There was still times where I failed. Yeah. Um, and I had to go back and, you know, it was like taking two steps forward and one step back, yeah. two steps forward, one, one step, step back. back. 
and little by little over the years um, of just, first of all, getting healthy from a, a nutritional standpoint, yeah. getting, getting body weight back on me, getting those nutrients that my mind needed and my body needed so I could start seeing things in, in the, mm-hmm. the reality of what it was. Um, it took that. It took a lot of exposure therapy and okay. a lot of like cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, and just the belief and the, the promise to myself that, listen, I'm going to wake up every morning mm-hmm. and I'm going to give it my best effort. If, that, if I, if I fail, I fail, yeah. but I'm going to wake up the next day and do that. And that was a hard step for me to get to because I, not only have I always been a type A personality, but like when I went into the army, my perfectionism took over. Oh, I'm sure. And that was hard to let go of. Um, and I still, I can't sit here today and tell you I don't still have perfectionism, but mm-hmm. it's, it's how I view it now. Yeah. I strive every day for perfection, but I realize at the end of the day that if I didn't achieve it, that does not make me a failure. You ex- you accept yourself and your humanity. So you're kind of you're kind of making that pact every day, but if you fail, it's not you know, you know you can move on and become better. 100%. And yeah. when I when I made that pact with myself, mm-hmm. you know what happened? I started seeing more consistent days in a row mm-hmm. before I had a bad day. Oh, I love that. And that and you know, maybe I would have two good days and then a bad day then maybe I would have three good days and then a bad day and so on and so forth. Wow. And I still, I mean, I still have bad days, not from a eating disorder standpoint, but just, you know, I'm yeah, human. Just bad and, days. You are. Yeah. And you know, there's days that I'm not perfect with my macros, but right yeah. now I don't really care. I, <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't really have any other goal except to get, now you gotta, you know, gotta keep up with your macros, healthy. man. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I definitely get enough protein and overall food, so I'm not really counting right now, but in yeah. general, like if I have a bad day, if training didn't go well that day, if I didn't hit my macros exactly, yeah. you know what? You'd I'm be realistic. Okay. Yeah. I'm okay. I'll hit it tomorrow. I'll do it better tomorrow. Now here's where I will put a caveat in there. Mm-hmm. I think too many people get relaxed with that. With I that agree. Point. And they're like, oh, I didn't hit it today. I'll try it tomorrow. Oh, I didn't hit it today. I'll try it tomorrow. That's also, that's very dangerous because you have to, if you are going to make that commitment to yourself, like, listen, today was a bad day. I'm going to do it tomorrow. You have to give it everything you have. I agree. I see too many people turn one bad day into two, into three, into four, into five, because they are not strong enough from a self-discipline standpoint. Yeah, so there's a sweet spot. It's kind of you can't go too far on either side. You can't Absolutely. go too, yeah. So and and I I think that applies to every single person, even if they're just starting into fitness. You know, I think you know that's the mark of a good trainer is if you can get them in that sweet spot where you know they don't they're not too worried, but at the same time they have enough motivation to at least go about a simple plan. You know, a very they, they keep with their self-discipline and they keep going, you know, two, three, what, however many times during the week to the gym. So, yeah. so yeah. you just, you just touched on something that mm-hmm. I think is really interesting is, you know, um, you know, a simple plan and everything. And yeah. to be honest, it, putting together a training program and a nutritional program, mm-hmm. you know, macros and stuff to hit is, I don't want to say it's, it's not, difficult because it is everybody's an individual there's a lot of things taken into consideration but where my true value 
from a coaching standpoint comes in for you as a client mm-hmm. is I do everything individual to you. And we exactly. don't just focus on hitting the numbers. Like coaching needs to be an all encompassing thing. Coaching to me includes physical, mental, and emotional. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's too many. Uh, now, I know a, a great deal of awesome online coaches and coaches in general. Most of people in the industry are my friends. Mm-hmm. But I do know that there are quite a few out there still that are only focused on, okay, what are the numbers that you hit this week? What do you need to do next week? And that to me is the wrong approach. I mean, every client that every week when they send their check in, they also send in a list of questions that I have them answer. And these questions are specifically designed to read in between the lines of what the numbers on the spreadsheet are telling me. Mm. And I want to know what was your stress level like this week? You know, did anything major happen that might have been out of the ordinary? Did oh, you, um, you know, did you get in a fight? <laughs> and, and I try not to get too personal, but these are things I need to know. Like, but you, you, you do, have an yeah. Argument? yeah. Do you like, have an argument with your spouse or with your girlfriend? Was, yeah. You know, school tough this week. But all these things. And because that's going to make a decision on what we do with your macros the next week. Oh, I love if that. someone, if someone, you know, gained weight on macros that I didn't think they should, but I look at these answers to these questions and I look at their spreadsheet and realize, okay, you know, five of the seven days, they were like 3000 milligrams over on sodium and they spent all week studying for finals and they didn't get to train much and stuff. Well, that's going to drastically affect how I do their macros for the next week. Wow. As opposed to being a hundred percent consistent and them gain weight. So you know, I'll take all these life considerations into account mm-hmm. and make sure that every week I'm putting you in the best position possible to succeed. Because, you know, somebody would see that and be like, oh, you know, we need to lower macros. They gained weight. Well, no, no, we need to work on getting their stress levels down. We need to work on them hitting the macros consistently. And we need to work on them getting back into regular yeah. training. And and I can see that too. It's, it's funny that you say that because I, I know that that is is kind of similar to bodybuilding prep in, in a sense you know it's cuz you're still you're managing stress you're trying to create a macro plan that is is very much designed for the individual and you know right. you watch documentaries about bodybuilding and everything and that's essentially what these coaches do for these guys is they you know they definitely they're at a, you know another level and they've got far more things to worry about but these coaches they they manage that stress so you're kind mm-hmm. of bringing like this this super adaptable approach to like a bodybuilding coaching method to these people in a sense oh absolutely you know? i mean that's you know i work with all types of populations but mm-hmm. you know i i kind of i mean i've worked i i prep people mm-hmm. i do everything i've worked bodybuilders powerlifters everybody and i do I think that the most successful coaches do approach it from a bodybuilding standpoint, because if you think about it, I I try to explain all my clients, even if you're not competing, you're still an athlete. Yeah. We are, we are human beings. We are meant for speed, endurance, power, strength, stamina. That's, those are all the qualities of an athlete. Yeah. And so I think that you need to, as a coach, approach every client, whether or not they're wanting to compete or not from an athletic standpoint, from Mm you know, a bodybuilding or athletic standpoint, because there are so many great lessons to be learned 
from athletes. And I do consider bodybuilders athletes. Um, Some people don't, I do. And it's because I know the amount of effort, planning, dedication, intensity that it takes to perform well on, you know, in bodybuilding. And one of the greatest aspects that you can teach a client from a bodybuilding standpoint is discipline Mm -hmm. and patience because Everybody wants things overnight. We live in this Amazon Prime world. Where <laughs> That's right. Deliver it to things... my hand right now. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that we have, in a in a way, as a society, become very soft and very complacent. Exactly. And um, I I see that a lot in in especially new now clients that yeah. inquire. And and I don't mean that in a negative way, but I think that when they start working with me and I start explaining to them and getting them to realize, listen, this is not going to happen unless you become self-disciplined and be patient and consistent. And we kind of work on ways to help improve that. And then they start seeing results and they're like, wow, I thought I was consistent before. I thought I was patient. You know, that's why I don't do anything under a 12 week plan. I I don't work with anybody unless it's for at least 12 weeks. And that's even on the short end. And the reason for that is because I'm not one of these coaches that's going to promise you overnight success mm-hmm. or even 30 day success. Mm-hmm. We need to develop habits, lifestyle changes, have consistency and patience to start seeing results. And yeah. so I don't do, I don't do month to month coaching. Um, I want to know that when you, when you sign up with me, I give you 110% of everything I have. I want to know that I'm going to get that back from you and that you're committed to this program because not only am I as invested in your success as you are, mm-hmm. I can't be more invested in your success than you are. And I, mm-hmm. my reputation's on the line Yeah, too. Yeah. Like if, if I'm coming into this where I'm more invested in your success than you are, then it's not going to work. Man, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And, and, and I fell into that trap as a, as a trainer is that you kind of, I love it that you set out that, that 12 week plan. That, that's something that, you know, people have to learn, especially just getting into training, because you kind of want to be like the quick fix guy. You want to be the yeah. dude that, you know, no, I'll make changes in a month, you know, and and it's just not going to happen because eventually, you know, you see that people's motivation, like what you said, it it wanes week to week. And so you're developing, you're developing something that has to be long term, but then you're saying you're given 110%. You really are because you're looking at all aspects of their life from a stress perspective, from relationships with their family or girlfriend or what have you. So I think I think it always bears repeating because that's what people need to hear. That's that's a good trainer, somebody who who looks at your stress, your lifestyle on a week to week basis and tries to get you into the mindset of fitness is progression, you know? So, yeah. yeah. And, and listen, I'm, I'm not, I'll tell people too. uh, I, you can get quick results Mm -hmm. in 30 days. You Mm -hmm. can, but are you going to be able to sustain them? Yeah. And, and my whole point of a as a coach is my goal is to not only help you achieve your goal, but do it safely, efficiently, and have you be able to sustain it. Yes. And yes, there's, there's, there's so many, people out there that they, they just can't grasp onto that. They can't grasp onto the fact that what, what it really comes down to is they can't sacrifice what they want now for what they want long-term. 
Wow. So they, they, they want everything right now, but they're not thinking about the long term. And so many people that come to work with me, you know, I tell, you know, obviously we just talked about the, the 12 week packages and stuff, but mm-hmm. when I start explaining to them what they're going to get, what we need to do, why they need to do it, most of them end up signing up for six months to a year because they, they get it. They've just never had anybody sit down and be pay them enough them. attention yeah. and be honest with them. And, and listen, I've lost a lot of potential clients because I've been honest with them and that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's fine because they wouldn't have survived anyways. They wouldn't have been committed. Now, yeah. everybody that I work with knows how loyal I am to them and they're loyal to me. And I've got a really, really good, uh, core group of clients right now. And yeah, um, I'm just onboarding. I, you know, I just onboarded a bunch of new, a bunch of new clients. We have a new, um, I have a new special running right now and everything. And wow. I'm really looking forward to it. And all these clients, they know, cause they know I was up front with them, you know, right off the bat, this is what it's going to take. And this yeah. is how long, and this is what I need from you. And they're, they're jumping with joy because they've worked with other coaches before where they don't have any communication with them. They just take their money. They only hear from them on, you know, on check-in days and they don't even take the time to explain why they're making certain changes or why they're not. Sure. And, you know, every, every client that I work with, every check-in, they get a video back from me explaining, you know, this is what I saw from your check-in. This is what we need to work on. This is what we're going to do this week. And I, I, tr- I try to explain why. I mean, I don't get into biochemistry or anything <laughs> with them, but I explain to them, why this is important for them to do, mm-hmm. why we need to do this and how it's going to help them. Yeah. And overwhelmingly the, the feedback is great and they appreciate it. And those are the ones that really, really make the changes. Yeah. And it's, it's, you've, you've managed to, you know, pair yourself with the clients who are going to get what they want out of your training, as opposed to the, you know, the, the clients who kind of just need a trainer, you know, they're just like, Oh, you know, I just figured I'd get a trainer and, and And everything's going to magically be okay. Yeah. And everything's (laughs) going to be okay. And then, and, and, you know, you've, you've figured out this, the fact that it's, it's not about that. Those people aren't going to work with you. It's just, it's true. They're not going to bring their own motivation. That's going to push them. So, you know, you just, you just said something that mm-hmm. um, made me think of something. And it's like, yeah, they want people to work for them. Yeah. They don't want people to work with them. Yes. And that's what I do is yes. we're a team. You know, we are a team. The moment you, the moment you sign up with me, we are a yes. team. There's, yes. I, I need to know the good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah. I'm not going to chastise you, but I can't be the best coach possible for you unless I know what you failed on that week yeah. or you know, things that you are. And I have a lot of clients, honestly, in that, like, they have a hard time tracking every single macro. So, you know what we do? We make adjustments and we, I've had a lot of clients where I just have them track protein and then their overall calories because studies have shown that how you intermix carbs and fats does not really matter from a, a weight loss or weight gain standpoint okay so we make adjustments along the way if something's not working for you um you know a lot of people have found a lot of great success when we've switched to that sort of method of just tracking proteins and then because that way they have a little bit less stress and a little bit more freedom if they want to have you know maybe they want to have a little bit more fattier foods today right well they just eat a little less carbs or maybe they're going to a party and you know we know that 
most parties revolve around alcohol and carbohydrates. Yeah. And, you know, maybe they know they're going to eat a little bit more carbs that day and they cut back on a little bit of fat as long as you know you're hitting your protein, which is the most important. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, what? I say that, but every macro is important. But from an overall standpoint, protein is, it's is one. the one that we want to make sure we're consistent with. Yeah. Um, and make sure you're hitting your overall calories. And that's, you know, that's, that's the, the key to yeah. helping a lot of people um, de-stress, especially those ones that we talked about earlier that are coming from a very strict meal plan standpoint and just trying flexible dieting for the first time. Yeah, and, and it's it's an odd thing to kind of get people out of the strict meal planning. And, you know, we talked about it earlier and everything, but um, I like that you're you're only having them focus on certain macronutrients. You're kind of bringing them into into the understanding that it, that it is just about maybe focusing on the protein and maybe just filling in a small gap that you had. It's not necessarily about, you know, sticking to that real strict, like, Oh no, you gotta have this kind of carb or this kind of fat, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And it, it, it's kind of like that whole, um, approach we talked about earlier too, where, you know, maybe they plan three meals and mm-hmm. flexible for two. Well, mm-hmm. for this, you know, let's track protein only and overall calories. Love and it. then maybe we go to later on down the road, you're feeling more comfortable and we can start being more consistent with our carbs and our fat intake. Exactly. Um, because in reality, I do still feel that consistency is the best. I, I do feel that mm-hmm. when your body is used to a certain number of carbs and a certain number of fats every day, I do think that that puts a little less stress on the body. Um, yeah. But with that being said, how much, how much better is that than just tracking protein and overall calories? It's probably minuscule. Yeah. It's probably minuscule to be honest. So let's not, let's not major in the minor. Okay. Let's not sweat the small stuff. Let's focus on making sure you hit cause calories. Number one are king. Yeah. They are. Overall calories are king. Mm-hmm. What's the next most important thing? Making sure you're hitting enough protein. I agree. What's the next most important thing after that? You know, some people will say meal frequency, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, you know, that's all debatable. Uh, we've seen studies where, you know, two meals a day compared to six meals a day, still, if calories were equated for, showed the same results. Yeah. So let's focus on what's the most important, which is overall calories. Then let's focus on what I would say is like, you know, calories are king, proteins queen. And there you go. let's focus on that. Put that on a t-shirt, man. That's pretty good. <laughs> you know, I'm, I've, I've got a bunch of crazy slogans like that. I should start it. Dude, you need, yeah, I was about to say, you need some merch. Like if, if, if we took all the, the cool phrases you said in this interview, I think we'd have, you'd build a brand on that. You wouldn't even need to train anybody. You could just build a clothing line and be like, all right, training's done. I'm going to do, I'm going to go into the fashion business. So. Well, I am a I am an entrepreneur at heart. You so are, man. Uh, I, I might I might start thinking about that. It's it's and and shoot, you could you could definitely branch out. That'd be easier. You're already so connected as it is. So shoot, you'd be able to launch that no problem. That's about, <laughs> I yeah. appreciate there it. There you go. Yeah, it turned into me trying to help you. Let's let's get you going, man, on the merch. <laughs> hey, I'm all I'm all for it. We'll see. We'll see what 2021 brings. Oh yeah, hopefully yeah, hopefully something better. Yeah, we'll. I don't know. Maybe we'll see about that. Well, I, my wife and I are having a baby in July, so that'll oh already gosh, be congrats. something better. Yeah, that's that's unbelievable. Is that is that uh, is that your first child or? 
Yep, it'll be it'll be my first. Oh, Congrats, first. Yeah. Oh my gosh, oh, that's amazing. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's it's exciting. So 2021's already. Uh, you know, we are we find out the gender um, later today, actually. So yeah. Um, you know, you, exciting things happening both from a personal and professional standpoint, and yeah, you know, just really excited to see um, where my current clients and my future clients, where we can get them to. And it's really all about. It comes down to one thing for me. It's about bettering your life and your situation yeah um you know is is losing the weight going to help better your situation if so let's do it efficiently let's do it effectively is building muscle going to make you happier and make things better you know if so let's do it efficiently let's do it effectively it all comes down to those two things for me results will come if you are patient consistent and adherent now will they always Mm. come as fast as you want them to come no, because no. we're human and we want things now. Yeah. But if you can get yourself to see the bigger picture, and if I can help you see the bigger picture, right there, you've already won. It's beautiful. It might take a little bit of time, but you've already won. Yeah, yeah, and and no, that's that's the philosophy that people need to take with them.